Hello and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, or reducing and managing risks. In this podcast, we'll be listening to audio from a recent webinar between Nick Reed, Chief Strategy Officer at BizDesign, and Jason Bloomberg, President and Founder of the analyst firm Intellix. Jason is a leading author, keynote speaker, and globally recognized expert in enterprise technology and digital transformation. In this session, Nick and Jason discuss the secret for architects in driving digital transformation and how architects can take a design-led approach to architecture to ensure success of their digital transformation initiatives. So let's go to that audio now. Hi, and welcome to our webinar today on the secret for architects to driving digital transformation. Uh, I'm Nick Reed, Chief Strategy Officer at BizDesign, and I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Bloomberg, founder and president of Intellix, a technology analyst firm and an author and speaker in enterprise technology and digital transformation. Welcome, Jason. Thanks a lot. Great to be here, Nick. Yeah, great to have you here. And so, um, Jason, do you want to give us a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about today? Well, um, you know, the, we talked about digital transformation. We talked about process transformations. So obviously, first question is, well, is there a difference? Uh, how are these related? Uh, you know, what does process transformation have to do with digital transformation? Um, and and then the overall story of how design is an important part of this uh, as well. So basically, the uh, uh, the role of the architect in connecting process transformation to digital transformation. So we're talking about driving digital transformation, and um, there's sometimes a bit of confusion about you know what do we mean when we talk about digital transformation. And there's various different terms that, that get bandied around. Um, so, Jason, I'd, I'd kind of put it to you. Can you set the scene for us on what is digital transformation? How does it differ from, you know, some of the other things that people sometimes think about when, when we talk about digital transformation, such as digitization or digitalization? Yeah, certainly. So. Uh, the starting point to sort of clearing up all this terminology is that word digitization. That's uh, that's the one that's the most straightforward, right? That's taking analog information and uh, transforming it into digital information. So when you digitize your old VCR tapes or uh, take uh, you know paper out of a filing cabinet and then scan an OCR, it that's all a digital digit digitization effort. Uh, digitalization is uh, a bit of a less common term, uh, and it doesn't have quite as precise a meaning. But generally speaking, when we talk about digitalization, we are digitalizing processes or roles in the organization. So for example, if you have somebody, a factory worker who traditionally worked on a lathe manually, so they're operating controls by you know, shifting levers and pushing buttons, uh, and then you give them a, a, a computerized lathe and now they're using a computer screen to operate the lathe, that would be an example of uh, digitalizing the process of you know operating the lathe as well as the role of the lathe operator who's now transformed because they are working with digital technologies of some sort. So, uh, but keep in mind that digitalization, even though it does change um, the nature of that particular process, is not the same as process transformation. 
uh, although, or you could say it's a very simple or uh, a trivial example of process transformation. When we say process transformation, we're really talking about thinking about processes more holistically. So it's not saying here's one process, let's change it. Maybe we're going to, uh, you know, give the operator that computer screen, or maybe we're going to use a, a, a robotic process automation bot to take uh, what used to be a manual task and turn it into an automated task. Those are, you could think of those as transformation. But really, when we say process transformation, we're thinking more holistically about a set of processes, you know, basically saying, well, how does this department handle, you know, month end uh, financial close? And we're going to change how we do that, right? Because we're going to leverage technologies. And it's not saying that some individual person's task on a particular day is now shifted to something that we're using a computer for where before it was on paper or, uh, you, you know, or some other sort of individual role. Maybe we're using the bot to, to do some data entry, but it's really the transformation overall and, and uh, of a set of processes within a part of the organization. So at that point, now you have sort of have to think, well, how should that process transformation work, right? It's not as simple as saying, well, let's automate this task, let's automate this task. And this is really where the role of the architect now is especially important because there are many different ways to think about process transformation and uh, there may be only be certain ones that meet the needs of the business. And now that's uh, essentially a design decision, right? How do you uh, take what the organization really requires, what meets the needs of customers or other stakeholders, uh, and that would drive then the the design of that process transformation. So, so far, though, we haven't been talking about digital transformation. Digital transformation is, a, is a, a bigger picture story. When we talk about digital transformation, we're talking about uh, reworking the way that an organization meets customer needs, leveraging technology, but it's really more of an organizational change that focuses on the customer. So uh, in, a, in a way, breaking down silos across the organization saying, well, instead of having different departments lined up by functional specialty, we're going to have uh, uh, organizing around different kinds of customers or customer needs that now can meet those customer needs end to end in a better way. So it's a it changes the overall strategy of the organization or the business itself. So when we say uh, digitization, we're transforming data from analog to digital. Digitalization, we're transforming roles and processes. And digital transformation, we're transforming uh, the, the business itself and its strategy. So the first two are really about technology. We're talking about changing technology. Process transformation as well generally involves a te bringing technology to the table, although theoretically you could do process transformation without technology. Uh, but digital transformation is really more about the customer. We like to say that it is technology uh, technology empowered but customer driven. So technology obviously plays a role, otherwise we wouldn't call it digital, but it's not about that technology. Mm. It sounds like really what you're getting at is um, a very customer-centric focus for all of the transformation that happens uh, behind the scenes to, to, to deliver improved customer experiences. Yeah, certainly. Uh, but of course, it's easier said than done. And that's part of why we, we you know, architects are so important. Um, I mean, one example um, is the is how an organization might move to uh, a customer journey. So uh, let's say we have a, you know a retailer, and so they have different departments. You know they have the the stores, and they have their e-commerce, and they have their customer service. You know uh, phone lines, and then they have you know uh, post sale support, and then they have their warranty organization and and returns and things like this. So um, those are all separate departments, right? So from the customer perspective, one day they may be in a store talking to a sales associate. Another day they may be calling for support. 
different person, different concerns, right? If they have to return something, again, it's a different thing altogether. So instead, uh, if an organization re-architects how they do business and re-architects how they meet the customer needs, they'll be thinking about the customer journey as a single thing, right? As a single transform set of processes that involves the uh, initial touch point, so the advertising tour or marketing to bring the customers into the store or get them to, to shop online, uh, whether they shop online or use other channels in-store, online, phone call. Those are separate marketing channels, but they're all part of that single customer journey, that single omnichannel customer journey. But it doesn't only, but it doesn't stop when the sale is made. That's one of the common mistakes, especially in retail. It continues after that with post-sale support, uh, upsell and cross-sell marketing opportunities, warranty service, basically uh, the full life cycle of that customer. So how do you come up with that customer journey if you haven't already gone down that route? Well, it involves rethinking how those processes work, rethinking how the individual departments whether it's you know the merchandising in the stores, whether it's the e-commerce department, whether it's the the warranty uh, return service, whatever it is, uh, how the, how they work and how they work together, uh, and that involves rethinking the processes as well as rethinking the way that the company does business. And at that point, it's digital transformation. Okay, so um, you know this sounds like a, a very broad and, and a very business-led customer-focused approach. And, and maybe this is a good point um, to segue into um, our second poll, where we can see, maybe take a look at where the enterprise architecture function reports into, because uh, obviously a lot of EA functions report into IT reporting lines, but this is clearly much broader than, than an IT and a technology play um, in, in particular. So uh, I'm going to launch this uh, second poll and maybe uh, you can tell us where your EA organization reports into. So the majority of, of our attendees are reporting in via an IT reporting line, um, but we also have EA teams reporting into lines of business, uh, chief exec as well. So um, that's an interesting result. And, and Jason, do you have any thoughts on you know some of the challenges that that, that could present? Well, as I talked about, uh, digital transformation involves breaking down organizational silos and thinking more about uh, customer needs end to end as opposed to the roles of the various departments or lines of business. So uh, when uh, enterprise architects are embedded within the IT organization, essentially they're embedded within this silo called the IT organization. So uh, if their role is to help the overall enterprise break down organizational silos, and their mandate though is to work within IT, then they already have a challenge, right? They already have a silo that they're in that they have to think about how are we going to get out of it uh, or help the organization resolve these silo, this siloed organizational mentality, uh, even though they are essentially uh, 
limited by their role within IT. So, but this is this is nothing new, right? This has been a challenge for enterprise architects since since uh, the, the the whole idea was invented by John Zachman back in whenever it was the the seventies, where he basically think of thought of it initially as a, a systems uh, management role. Uh, and it's really been part of the IT organization ever since. Um, so this is one of the challenges, and this is actually a key part of the reason why design is such an important concept. So when you hear the word design, the first thing that comes to mind for me anyway is graphic design, right? Uh, artists, uh, people with an artistic bent, artistic uh, uh, talent who are creating visual uh, user interfaces, uh, and we have design roles for uh, various user interfaces for our software, and that's a very important role. But design is much more than that, right? Because design is really about saying, well, what is the actual business need for this thing that I'm building, in this case, software, um, and how am I going to present or meet those needs within the context of that software? So that business need may be for usability, maybe for reliability or other, other capabilities that are important for that end user who may be the customer, could be an employee, right? So, uh, uh, you know, employee experiences is every bit as important as customer experience as well. But from the perspective of the enterprise architect, it's saying, well, we need to design everything we're doing, right? All of this process transformation that is essential to digital transformation from the perspective of the customer or the stakeholder, could be the employee, and their needs. So part of that is how they, inter you know, human beings interact with user interfaces, but part of it is the end-to-end -end, uh, process. And, you know, I talked about the, the um, uh, customer journey, right? It doesn't matter how pretty the e-commerce web page is if you can't get warranty support, right? You're still going to be a pissed-off customer. So uh, how things work behind the scenes is every bit as important as how things work in front of in front of the scenes, right, in, in that user touch, touch point. So design really is an end-to-end -end concern. And really, there's nobody else in the organization who is essentially tasked with the end-to-end -end concern of design than the enterprise architect, right? That really should be their role, even if they're within IT. Uh, and that being said, it's not always their role, right? We, I, I ran, uh, you know, an architecture course for many years, uh, back in the last decade, most of the attendees were EAs, and and they, they had very different roles, one one to the next, right? Some of them were dealing with IT portfolio management, others were were essentially glorified solution architects, but where the solutions now are more strategic, so they bring in the enterprise architects, uh, and only a, a subset really had that business context that was so essential to what turned out to be the digital transformation priority back. When I was running the course in, in, in 07 and 08, we weren't really talking about digital transformation, but it was still uh, the, the architect challenge. Can they have this broader business visibility? So today, uh, design can be the key, right? If you're an EA and you're embedded within IT, as many of our audience members are, uh, bringing to your organization that design sensibility, which really means customer centricity, a focus on customer and employee experience, that can help drive the EA role overall. And that can be a key tool in your tool belt now for helping the organization resolve some of these organizational silo issues. And, and the way you describe it there um, really resonates with me when you, you talk about design and, and I think of, you know, physical products where, where you have, you know, industrial designers who create those products and maybe they're using you know techniques like design thinking to understand the ergonomics of, of using a physical product or you know designing a car and you're 
putting it in a wind tunnel and understanding the the the, the, the resistance of that car um, in, in the wind tunnel. And would you say would you say that's a kind of similar analogous to to what's happening here with with the kind of enterprise design or business design um, for for digital transformation? Where there's that, you know, it's almost like a friction in the customer experience. Well, it's it's all part of the broader design story, right? Whether we're designing software or designing a vehicle, um, uh, I think really the key point for our discussion today is how design impacts the way uh, the organization as a whole or the EA function specifically can help resolve some of these organizational challenges, right? That part of what the role of the enterprise architect is, is to design the enterprise, right? That's why we call them enterprise architects. And what do you mean by the enterprise? You mean the organization, the people and how they work together. And that's even more important than the software itself, right? You could have an EA in an organization that has no software at all, right? And they still have an enterprise and they still need to, still needs to be architected in the sense of this um, uh, you know, this organizational change. So in the case of, you know, industrial design, you're designing an automobile or, uh, you know, a toaster or something like that. Uh, the key thing to keep in mind there is that it's not just about the interface, right? Yes, you can design a pretty toaster, but that's not the only important part of what makes a toaster a good toaster, right? It has to work properly. It has to meet long-term needs. So it has to be durable. Uh, it has to be easy to service, easy to clean, right? All of these aspects that go beyond just, you know, how pretty it is, right? So this is the key point uh, in terms of the analogy between industrial design and software design is that it's more it's more than surface deep, right? Uh, and that's mm. the key point here. Um, but with when it comes to designing, you know, organizational structures, it's difficult, right? Because we're talking about how people work together large organizations and people are resistant to change and we have organizational silos for a reason right we have hierarchical uh, organizations because that's how people know how to scale an organization right you make it hierarchical and and you end up with uh, lines of business you end up with empire building and and uh, all of the sort of baggage that comes with the big bureaucracies and what we're saying with digital transformation is the big bureaucracies meet their needs for certain organizations, but if we want to have an organization that's more customer focused, more agile, more able to deal with changing uh, market conditions, uh, able to leverage technologies in a more uh, customer focused way that meets the bottom line, right, is more profitable for the organization, then we need to rethink that traditional bureaucratic hierarchy and say, well, we have to come up with a better way of, excuse me, a better way of thinking about how we're designing our organizations. And an interesting thing here is that there is a connection between how we design our software and how we design our organizations. And this connection is described as, as Conway's law. And I, I'm sure a lot of you on this call are familiar with that. Conway's law, it's actually more of an observation. It's not a law in the sense that it's a provable theorem. It's really more of an observation that software organization tends to follow uh, human organization. And I'd like to sort of extend it just a bit and say that works vice versa, right? That, you know, that you have uh, the, the sort of the classic example is that if you have uh, three teams building a compiler, you'll end up with a three pass compiler, right? Cause each team will work on a single pass. So, so you, you create your software, you know, development organization and your software is going to follow how you organize that. Well, it works both ways, right? If you have siloed technology, you'll end up with a siloed organization. So you see this in large organizations, right? You see it both ways where we have a large organization with a lot of different departments, and they'll each have their own software stacks, right? How many large organizations have, you know, 30, 40, 50 ERP systems? Well, why is that? Well, it depends from sort of a, 
uh, an architect perspective, right? From an architect perspective, it's like, does that meet the 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 need overall? Well, no. Who who would want to have five fifty ERP systems by design? No. Well, the reason is you have different departments that have their own priorities and own decision making capabilities. Their own they are their own silos, and that's how they make their decisions about how they purchase software. And it's difficult to come up with this cross organizational decision making for how an organization purchases and leverages technology. So one of the things we're saying with digital transformation is like, hey, we can do better, right? We can come up with a way of making more enterprise-centric technology decisions by making them customer-centric, having the customer drive how we make those technology decisions. And as a result, that will go hand in hand with how we're doing how we're going to break down the organizational silos. So this is an important point, right? For the EAs who are embedded in IT, you might be throwing up your hands and say, yeah, it's all great to say that EA should be driving organizational change, but I'm stuck in IT, what can I do? I could maybe change a bit of IT, but I can't you know, sort of break out of this. Well, the answer is, well, yes, you have more power than you think because changing the way that the organization organizes their software will necessarily change the way they organize their people, right? Again, it works both ways. So one of the things I like to, to point out is that the move toward cloud-native computing, right, leveraging Kubernetes and other open source technologies to provide greater agility and rapid software development uh, at cloud scale, right? Big story, big part of the IT infrastructure uh, movement today. Well, that's essentially enterprise-wide, right? It, you, you could do it departmentally, but it doesn't make much sense, right? It, so Bring in the architects, say, well, you know, yeah, we can deploy Kubernetes. We're not going to do, do it departmentally. This is infrastructure for our whole organization. It's the next generation of how we deal with this. That's cross-organizational technology infrastructure. Your organization now is going to follow suit, right? Not automatically. It's going to still require that design work that we're talking about. But now you have this platform that will support the customer-driven digital transformation. So it's important to say, you know, that digital transformation is more organizational change than technology change driven by the customer, but we connect it directly to the technology because of the observations of Conway's law, right? We reorganize our technology, we can reorganize our people as well, and they will follow suit. Not that we have to tell them to do it, it's that it's a sort of a natural observed behavior of people that if you have a single technology platform that everybody is happy using, then it will help help people collaborate across what were these organizational silos. Yeah, that, that makes lots of sense. And and um, I think we're probably all familiar with, with the example of um, you know, financial services and, and banks being organized along product lines. And then you maybe have your current account and your credit card and, and your lending and mortgages and insurance. And you're going on vacation. Um, you might want some foreign currency. You may want to enable your credit card to work overseas. You may want some travel insurance. Um, and typically, if, if, if you can't get that stuff all done online in one hit, you may phone up, talk to a call center, and then get passed from department to department or product line to product line to, to get each one of those things uh, processed in, in, in isolation, where in fact, uh, really, the mention of, well, I want to go on holiday, oh, well, maybe you need our travel service where we can do X, Y, Z as a, as a combined uh, experience which gets you to that result faster 
I was going to say maybe that is a, a good point for another poll just to look at um, the, the focus of, of the E18s uh, for, for the attendees on this call, because uh, you clearly talked about that, that challenge of, of getting out of the silo of, of IT um, and, and working across the, these organizational silos. Um, so I'm interested in the, um, the, the focus of the EA teams uh, of the attendees on this call. So if you want to uh, vote on this, I'm really interested to see, you know, how our attendees are, are, are tasked and, and prioritized in terms of the work they do. So interesting mix of responses there. Um, quite a, a uh, reasonable split across those, those middle three answers. Um, so approximately a third focusing on coordinating technical architecture across IT landscape, um, but also uh, about a third focusing on, on working with the business to define those requirements for technology, um, and a third coordinating all these digital transformation efforts. So an interesting mix there and, and uh, an honorable mention for, for IT portfolio management as well. So in, in terms of the role of, of architects in this, um, what, what's your take on you know, how architects can really be most effective in this mission? Well, I think it's uh, sort of worth pointing out that, you know, different organizations have different challenges um, and have different goals, right? So there's going to be a, a variability across organizations. So you mentioned uh, uh, a moment ago about the um, financial services um, and it's, you know, and I used a, a retail example, uh, but, you, you know, they, they were similar in some ways, right? You talked about the different product lines and how a single consumer in this case would have different touch points with that bank. Uh, but from the consumer perspective, they just have a relationship with the bank, right? They don't want to have a relationship with 12 departments at the bank. Um, so that's similar then to, uh, to the retail omni-channel example. Uh, but this is a similar pattern across different industries. And it also works in the B2B context as well. Um, although it is somewhat different, right? Because uh, in the B2B context, the priority of a customer, the customer may not be a single individual, it may be, you know, it's, it's by definition a business. So it's many, it could be many people who are working, uh, you know, across uh, the, you know, the relationship with the, the, the enterprise. Uh, but it's still, even business to business is made up of people and people have particular priorities. And from the, even from that perspective, you want to have this unified uh, customer focused uh, organizational model. And so even uh, a business to business company can digitally transform itself, but it will look different, right? It's less about the consumer experience and it's more about uh, the, the needs of your business customers, which may be more process centric and maybe more complex as a result. Uh, so if anything, you need even better design because you know a consumer may want a good user, you know user experience on the mobile app, but you know if if you're uh, you know a petroleum company serving um, uh, distribution network, the distribution network has many different needs, uh, and it's much more complex and technology empowered. So meeting those needs in a digitally transformed way uh, still breaks down organizational silos, still achieves the benefits of uh, greater customer focus and greater um, 
uh, you know, alignment with business needs and greater agility uh, overall, right? Be, the ability to respond to changes in the environment and leverage change for competitive advantage. So to get back to your question about architects, really the role of the architect, is, it, it, you know, can vary, and especially with it, with EAs in particular, that there can be a lot of different roles depending upon the needs of the organization and the goals of the organization. So on the one hand, every for-profit organization is for-profit, so there's always that profit goal. Uh, I'm sure we have some public sector uh, people on the call. So the the goal with the public sector is the mission priority, whatever it is, whether it's providing better education or meeting the needs of a charity or, you know, whatever that uh, public sector mission is. Um, so, but those goals could vary. Um, even within the, the for-profit organizations, there are differences in terms of the goals, depending upon uh, the types of customers you have and the, the overall growth strategy and many of these other sort of business-oriented strategic priorities. Uh, but on the other hand, there's also the problems an organization has. So you have to ask yourself, well, how big a problem is uh, your uh, legacy technology base? Right? For some organizations, it's a huge problem. It's soaking up most of their budget, IT budgets, and it's, it's you know, dragging them down like a boater. Other organizations, it's less of a problem, or if you're lucky enough to be at a born in the cloud organization, maybe you don't even identify any of your problems as legacy technology problems. Lucky you, right? But for most of the people on this call, I would expect that legacy technology issues, techni technical debt, uh, other challenges, is going to be a big part of the story. And if that's the case, then that's going to be uh, an important concern of the enterprise architect, not just how we're going to modernize individual systems or applications taken in isolation, but how you're going to coordinate the overall modernization strategy with your digital transformation strategy, right? So now we have this complex connection between all the things you might modernize and the question as to what you should modernize, where should you spend your modernization dollars or euros or whatever it happens to be, um, and uh, how do those expenditures align with your digital transformation priorities? That is, how do they improve your customer experience and how do they improve uh, your profitability and your business agility, ability to respond to changing customer demands? And this is especially important question when it's the legacy technical debt that's preventing you from responding to changes in the in the uh, competitive environment. So this becomes a critical role of the enterprise architect for any organization with technical debt. And that can be an enormous part now of the digital transformation effort. Uh, and you, you touched on you know, a, a really important point there, which um, is the pace of change is not slowing down anytime soon. In fact, it, it's gonna carry on getting faster and when business people talk about digital transformation, yes, there's a big element of, okay, we need to change what we do and, and how we do it in terms of the, the organizational and, and process transformation. But one of the big drivers for that change is, is, is the need to go faster and, and you know, keep pace with the cloud native digital challenges. Um, and so obviously technical debt is is one aspect of that. And, and you use the phrase, you know, take you down like like an anchor. Um, and you know, we hear about you know the boat anchor of, of legacy technology. Um, and, and so what are some of the things that architects need to be considering here, right? Because it's not just the technology either, but but all that stuff that that 
that goes around it and is involved in digital, so data being a, a key aspect of this. Um, it's a challenge. What, what can architects do to, to really get in front of this? Well, I think there's an important principle that is uh, considered in sort of modern software circles. So in cloud native circles, uh, DevOps, CI, CD circles. And that's really the idea that you you can't simply have, say, a reliability priority saying, we want all our software to be up and running all the time. You know, we I need five nights reliability, right? That's sort of the traditional service level agreement. And we're going to spend as much money as it takes to achieve that service level agreement because we don't, you know, we're, we're tasked with not breaking it. Well, you need to sort of take more into account in the modern software world because reliability, right? The fact that all your software is working properly is not the only priority because you also have this agility priority, being able to deal well with change because changing what you you know, what you offer, what changing the capabilities of your organization is every bit as important as the capabilities themselves, right? So it's up to the architect as well as other people. The system reliability engineering is part of the story. So uh, so it's architects and certain engineers and other people in the organization uh, should have a mentality that there is a careful balance or trade-off among different priorities. So it could be uh, reliability is obviously one of them, but Velocity, uh, you know, how fast can you roll out new uh, products and services, new software functionality? That is also a priority. And then you have cost, which is always a priority, right? That you don't want to spend more than a certain amount on any one priority because then that money is now no longer available for other things that are priorities. So so in the, in the world of system reliability engineering, we have this notion of an error budget, right? Which basically says our software can't be perfect. Right. We all know that, right? It's one of the sort of fundamental axioms of software. It's never bug-free, right? We, but we know mm -hmm. that. But the question is, well, just how just how many errors or how poor should our software be, right? It's not that our priority is to make it as bug-free as possible because that would cost too much and take too long. And so we would no longer be able to achieve our cost and velocity priorities. So we're saying, well, our software is not going to be perfect and we have a particular number. We're saying we have an error budget. This is just how imperfect we're allowed to be and we don't want to be more perfect than that because it would cost too much and take too long. So we need to achieve that balance between cost and velocity and reliability or you know, uh, quality, whatever that third, however you want to think about that third metric. So that works within the world of rapid software, right? The sort of the modern software landscape, but you can extend that. And it's really uh, up to the enterprise architects to extend that across the organization saying, well, you know, our technology, which is so critical to our digital transformation effort, doesn't have to be perfect. Not only that, it shouldn't be perfect because making it more perfect than some target error budget would cost too much and take too long and slow us down. So what is that proper balance? That's the question the EA has to ask and then help uh, in a collaborative way with other people help answer that question. And it's hard. It's a hard question when you think beyond just a single piece of software, you're thinking about the organization as a whole. Well, just how imperfect should your software be and how fast do you want to move and how much do you want to spend on everything, especially since you also have to spend money on cybersecurity and all this other stuff that's top priority. Uh, how are you going to balance those things? And I think achieving that balance, understanding the balance, and then helping to achieve it is is critical part of this design function of the enterprise architect. 
and I like where you're going with this. So, so when you talked about the the toaster before, and, and you said, well, you can't just you know design a nice looking toaster, right? It has to work. It has to be reliable. It has to you know not short out or electrocute anyone, or you know it has to make right. good toast, right? Um, and and there are principles involved in that design. Um, so you know maybe you're building it to be cheap and and, and very cost effective. Maybe you're doing it to be a premium product with a, you know, to look really nice. And um, I guess when we're talking about this, this kind of enterprise design and, and, and designing the organization and the enterprise around, well, customer needs, but also those capabilities that, that you need to serve those customers. Um, are we really talking about, you know, enterprise architecture principles here? to guide these kind of rules around, you know, the kind of metrics that, that teams should be using when, for example, building software to support this stuff? Well, I would say that it's a question of whether these should be something that EAs consider. I would I would expect a lot of them maybe haven't gotten this far uh, or thought about this, which is part of why hopefully they're turning into the webinar to learn something new. Um, so it, it's I think it's really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically challenging the EAs on the call to say, to, to think think of these terms, you know, think, you know, uh, about how the role of the EA can help design, bring design to the sensibilities of how the organization leverages technology to meet customer needs in a way that helps achieve this balance uh, among cost, uh, reliability, and velocity, especially since velocity is getting more and more press, right? It's more and more important and companies, you know, the you know boardrooms are uh, and C-suites are realizing that this velocity is increasingly important. And this is a lesson of the COVID era, right? COVID came along, and, and and enterprises had to scramble either to support work at home or to deal with changing customer needs. Now customers are working online, where before they were going into stores, whatever it is, the the changes these organizations had to make had to be done quickly, right? And it was like a whole new. Uh, you know, a whole new way of thinking about digital transformation where before, okay, digital transformation is going to take us three years, it's going to cost so many millions of dollars. It's like, oh, we got to do it in two weeks. What are we going to do? And, and many enterprises stepped up to the plate. Others didn't, but there are a number of success stories that really changed the way we think about the velocity part of that equation. So I think that is a good lesson that hopefully you've learned from the COVID era that velocity does impact the way we think about reliability and cost. And we have to uh, now bring that to our organizations in a, a, a measured way, right? An architect also brings a level of formality, right? A level of sort of uh, broad-based established best practice to the table, right? Uh, enterprise architects ideally help compensate for you know emotional reactions, you know, the 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 shiny thing problem. Oh, here's this new technology. We got to do IoT. It's the new thing. Oh, we got to do I don't know crypto. It's the metaverse. We got to do the metaverse. Let's spend money on that. It's like, well, yeah, you should say, wait a minute. We have these other concerns. There's we have to think about the overall story of how we're meeting customer needs and place all of these you know fads into context. And and, and so yeah, the EAs get to be the adult in the room, and that's always an important part of their role. Yeah, that, that's a great comment. And that chimes with one of the, the questions we've had come in, actually. It's a great question, which is, you know, what's your advice to, to enterprise architects on how they can lead the digital transformation activity in the overall organization? 
Yeah, and that circles back to my comments about uh, Conway's law, right? It's one thing to sort of tell the enterprise architects, well, you have to drive organizational change. And they'll say, you know, well, I'm in IT. How can I drive organizational change beyond just perhaps part of the IT organization? But then when you sort of uh, realize that organizational change and technology change go hand in hand and how you organize your technology can drive how you organize your people, then the, the EAs have this sort of secret weapon. Right, because if they are helping to drive, say, cloud native, uh, cloud native deployment in their organizations, they can help drive how that is done. Right, simply saying, okay, we're going to be cloud native. That means we're running Kubernetes. That's not what it's about. Right, it's about an overall set of best practices that are, you know, essentially a paradigm shift in how we deliver. Uh, technology value to an organization and its customers. So if you think of it that way, as this overall uh, paradigm shift that touches how we build software, how we run our uh, infrastructure, how we deal with uh, you know, our network, how we you know how we deal with security, how how we uh, deal with um, data, you know, all of these. Basically, the, everything we talk about in the IT world is part of this cloud native movement. So this gives an enterprise architects an opportunity. Right. It gives them all of these. It gives them a big box of crayons with like 50 different, 100 different colors. Right. But it doesn't mean you're using 100 different colors in that piece of artwork you're creating. Right. You have to select the right ones and use them in the right way. It's the same thing with any sort of broad based technology effort. Right. There's a lot of things you could do. Right. But only certain things you should do based upon these overall organizational priorities. And that's how you can sort of rise above the the noise, right? The complexity of the day-to-day -day work within IT, which for large organizations can be just this huge rat's nest mess of complexity. And it looks like you just can't get anything done. And things move so slowly and the bureaucracy is so onerous and there's so much legacy. It's like, it, it, sometimes it's a wonder EAs can even, you know, come back to work, you know, on Monday uh, with all this. But, you know, the, they do have more power than they think because they have, a finger on the pulse of technology change, which is goes hand in hand with organizational change. And so it's still baby steps, right? It's not like you can come in and, you know, rework everything in a day or a week or even a year, but, but EAs can uh, bring design sensibility to both technology and the organization and how it meets needs of customers. So I, I feel the need for another poll coming on, having talked about, you know, what EAs can do to, to get out and lead, but also uh, the fact that many enterprise architects maybe don't feel they're in a position to do that in, in their organization. Um, I, I'm really interested to, to hear from, from the audience on, on what they perceive as, as the key barriers to their EA impact in, in their organization. So I'm going to launch this poll now and uh, be really interested to see, um, you know, what what stops EAs having more impact in, in their organizations. So I, I see a comment, it would be great if we could select multiple answers in the polls. <laughs> that suggests <laughs> multiple challenges there. Um, so, all right, I'm, I'm going to share these uh, results now. And... Um, this is quite interesting. So, you know, one of the big challenges is lack of understanding of enterprise architecture. So we, we clearly, as, as, a, uh, as a, a set of practitioners, have work to do to, to convey what we do and, and how we add value and how we can have that impact. Um, you know, intractable organizational challenges. Well, that's, that's one of those challenges 
that that uh, we're aiming to tackle with these digital transformation efforts as well, and insufficient support for the EA team, which I think speaks to the the nature of impact, and and by elevating that role and that impact, um, I think would drive uh, help drive more support for the for the EA team. Um, so there's a good question here. Can you discuss how you see the EA's roles and responsibilities differ from from IT if if they're not based within the IT organization? Yeah, so this is a good question, and and you know, I'll give you the architect's answer. It depends, right? That's what I told my architecture course. That's always the architect's answer. But uh, uh, I guess one of the questions then for for that is related to that is what is the role of the business architect in your organization? Because you have this role of the EA, the role of the business architect. In some organizations, these are well-defined, distinct roles, right? And you have the business architect who really isn't thinking about IT. They're focusing on some of these organizational challenges, thinking about how the different parts of the organization should do different things, how they together. And if you have a good business architecture uh, practice in your organization, they'll be driving, ideally, uh, a lot of this digital transformation work from the organizational side. Um, and if they are, then the EA should work with them, right? And the EAs now are their counterpart helping to drive the technology change where the business architects are helping to drive the organizational change. But as I explained, these are these go hand in hand and you get one right that drives the other and vice versa. But I would say that the business architecture role is typically not that mature and not that well established. It's not uh, a sort of an even counterpoint to the enterprise architecture role. So in those organizations, the EAs have to step up to the business architecture plate, right, and do some of that role, or perhaps all of it, right? You may not have any business architects, uh, or they may not not be doing the right things, uh, helping with the digital transformation effort, in which case the EA has to step up to the business architecture plate and think more about some of these organizational change, challenges uh, from that organizational perspective, uh, separate from the questions about technology. But if anything, uh, a good EA, which I'm sure everybody on this call is, a good EA uh, would be able to do that, right? Because they should already be thinking about the organizational design part of their role in addition to the technology design part of their role. Uh, and those go, should go hand in hand. So if anything, um, a, a well-seasoned EA that is up to speed on business architecture as well as enterprise architecture can help lead this effort better than, say, uh, an EA team and a business architecture team that are separate and don't work well together, right? If you have that situation where those teams themselves are siloed, then you're probably going to have more problems than if you don't have a business architecture team at all, and instead you have enterprise architecture stepping up to the plate. Mm. And I think one thing that I've seen quite a bit is just having access to the right business stakeholders where the EA teams that, that live within the IT department, you know, maybe are going through relationship managers or, or there's there's layers in between. Whereas if, if they're actually in a business reporting line, you know, they're accountable to those business leaders and, and, and are close to those, those business goals uh, and, and needs. And, and there's no filtering of, of that information. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the, the relationship between the EAs and senior leadership, you know, I think it's it's generally always fallen short, generally fallen short, right? Because you would think that, 
you know, the EA would be like uh, the Merlin to uh, the CEO's Arthur, right? The, the, the most important advisor who is there all the time providing, you know, insights into the way the world works that the, the CEO needs in order to do their job properly. That's rarely the case, right? It's rarely that the EA or in, EAs are invited to the right meetings and have the right level of, uh, it's not necessarily authority, but the right level of influence, right? So it's not necessarily about authority. It's not that the EA should be the boss, right? Yeah, because that's rarely, because that's not really, you know, the manage, management is a different set of skills, right, from architecture skills. But they should be uh, the top advisors to the executives that, uh, you know, need their influence. And and so the, the best EAs are the ones with this level of influence. And I would say the best CEOs, CFOs, CIOs, the best C-level executives are the ones that listen to their enterprise architects. Now, it's not that I can do on, on this webinar to convince your C-suite to listen to you. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, these are individual people with individual priorities. But part of that, but you still can influence them, right? You can, because you're still representing their best chance of success with digital transformation. If digital transformation is one of their priorities, then they're going to be looking to their IT organization, their their you know line of business people, as well as their architects of various sorts, in order to provide direction as to how to go about this. So if you have the right direction, right, you believe in what you're uh, what you're saying, and you have the right story for your organization. Then, you know, if the, with the proper influence, right, sort of this human influence role that architects have to play, then you can help sort of move that, you know, shift the battleship uh, toward the direction of success with digital transformation. And if you can even make a, a modest difference with how well your organization succeeds with its digital transformation efforts, then can, you can count yourself a successful enterprise architect. So um, I know we're, we're nearly... Uh up to the hour, there was another question, which I think is very pertinent uh, to this, which is um, where where should EAs start to uh, to to lead in this and and play the role that that you've described, and and maybe without wishing to lead the witnesses in any way, there's a related <laughs> question to that: is is how important is a uh, developing a, a capability map? Well, I, I would say, uh, as, you know, those two questions do go hand in hand. Um, the place to start, and, and again, it depends, but the place to start, generally speaking, is cleaning up your messes, right? You have to get to zero. You have to get to the starting point. And if you are behind or you have some sort of mess that is keeping you from getting started, then that's something you have to clean up. Now, of course, you don't have to clean up all your legacy issues, right? But you may have some that really have to be resolved because they are they are preventing you from moving forward. So this, so from the perspective of the architect, often the messes have to do with a lack of visibility into what's going on, right? And this happens, you know, with the, the rat's nest organizations, right? Organizations that are very large, very complex, have so many different IT efforts and so much legacy and so many point-to-point -point integrations. And, you know, you try drawing a, a map of how things talk to things and, and it's just, you, you know, you don't want to turn anything off because you have no idea what's connected to it, right? So you end up collecting stuff over the years and then, oh, what's that server doing? I have no idea, but we dare not touch it because it might be doing something important. And if you have a hundred of those, then you really have a mess on your hands, right? So the, that's a mess, right? And cleaning it up begins with a proper level of visibility. Uh, understanding what is working in your organization, start with IT, 
uh, but it connects to the organization, right? If that server, you don't know what it's doing, that means you don't know who is depending on it to meet business needs. That's part of the question, right? It's not just what apps are running on it. It's that who is using it and what customers need it, right? And so it's the organizational as well as the technology questions. But that's the first step is understanding what's going on, getting visibility into whatever part of the organization or the technology landscape is keeping you from getting started. And that could be different depending upon your organization. But capability maps, just the overall understanding of what's going on, that is a key role of the architect. But that's just to get to the starting point, right? So don't confuse drawing the maps and understanding the portfolios and how things are connected and, and who's in charge of what and where the money is flowing and you know how things relate to customers. Don't confuse that with the goal. That is how you get to the starting point. And you have to get there before you can make any progress. But it's not the same thing as making the progress. Yeah, and, and that chimes really well with you know the way we see the world at BizDesign where we talk about change by design. And, and within that, having the three kind of key things of, of see the full picture, so understanding all those connections, um, find the right path, which is design where you're headed, and then execute with confidence, which means you know understanding the moving parts of, of what's changing, what are the impacts, and, and how you're getting to that end result. So um, it's been it's been great, Jason, having you on and and having this discussion. Great discussion. Um, do you have any final words to to wrap up from, from to, and and summarize? You know what what we've talked about and and. Uh, any key messages for the audience today? Well, I guess uh, circle back to sort of the initial topic, and that's the relationship between digital transformation and process transformation. So the last half of our webinar didn't really touch upon process transformation, but it's a key part of the overall story, especially when you use that word process sort of broadly. I mean, it's one thing to sort of construe it narrowly as, you know, an automation question. And yes, automation is is increasingly important in today's organizations. But if you take that word process more generally, it's really how the organization gets anything done, right? And that, um, uh, you know, that can be a part of uh, uh, the role of the architect as well, is understanding the broader context of process transformation in the context of uh, how an enterprise architect achieves the goals of digital transformation. Great. Well, thanks, Jason. Thanks to everyone who's attended. It's been great having you on. I've really enjoyed the conversation and hopefully this has been useful and valuable and you can take some of the uh, topics and thoughts from today and, and put them into practice in, in your daily work. So with that, thanks again um, and enjoy the rest of your day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that session. A departure from my usual format, but I think you'll agree, some fascinating and useful insights. I thought the discussion on how EAs can be most effective in their mission, even if embedded in the IT organization, and how EAs can prioritize transformation initiatives and balance the trade-offs between reliability, velocity, and costs was particularly interesting. For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at bizdesign.com, where there is a wealth of information available. And if you'd like to tell your EA story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, Will Scott, at podcast at bizdesign.com. BizDesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software and supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to their organizations 
with a key focus on the value outcomes of strategy advancement, operational efficiency, and reducing risk. Thanks for your time today.